AT&T wants Hollywood out of its business, literally. The telecom giant is spinning off its Warner Media division. That's the one with HBO Max, Warner Brothers movies, and TV networks like HBO, CNN, and TBS. And it's merging all that with Discovery, the company best known for nonfiction channels like HGTV, TLC, and others. So what's that all mean for streaming? We'll try to sort it out. I'm Joni Salzman, and this is your Daily Charge. I'm filling in for Roger today, and what a day to do it. I'm CDET's tech and media reporter, and I'm joined here by David Katzmeyer, who helps review streaming for CNET. Welcome, Katz. Hey, John. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks. So we have these two existing streaming pieces in play. We have HBO Max and Discovery Plus. And now we don't really know what to expect from these two services sort of right after they introduce themselves to the world. What are some of your biggest questions about the future of them now? Well, I... I really, I mean, this news came just this morning and we're like, what the heck just happened? I mean, again, these are really big streaming services, HBO Max and I mean, Discovery Plus is a little bit less so, but, you know, they're, they're household names and they're going to be joining forces. So my first question was, is this going to be an even bigger streaming service that you subscribe to that has all of that stuff, you know, Discovery and HBO? But it seems to me they serve different audiences, so I'm not really sure about that. The other question is, you know, how much is it going to cost? When are we going to see these kinds of changes? What are they going to do to differentiate themselves from, you know, Disney and Netflix, which are the kind of big competitors that they're going after? And what does it mean for the kind of deals that exist already for AT&T wireless customers? So, yeah, a lot of questions here, Joan. Yeah, well, let's talk about, you know, this idea of them combining into a sort of Uber service, one service to what they hope will be rule them all, I guess. One of the things that we have to that, that a lot of people are considering is the fact that you've got like there's not a lot of overlap. Like they're kind of like a, a perfect marriage in the sense that you've got HBO and um, TBS and CNN on on the one side, which is definitely like focused on CNN being a little bit of an outlier there. But it's you know they're focused on sports and like scripted entertainment most mostly with some news. Um, and then you have Discovery, which also has some sports, but really they're focused on nonfiction reality shows. You know. Chip and Joanna Gaines when they can get them, renovating houses, 90 Day Fiance. They're they're focused on such different areas. Um, do you think that like an Uber service that matches them, mashes everything all together is what they're going to do? Or do you think they're going to take kind of like a Disney bundling approach where you can like subscribe to one or subscribe to both and get a discount? Yeah, to me, the bundle makes the most sense, Joan, just because of exactly what you said. Like, first of all, if you combine them both, HBO Max is already really expensive. You know, it starts at 15 bucks a month, which is the most expensive starting price for any streaming service. Discovery is five, you know, but you add them together, that's probably too much money for a lot of people for a single streaming service. So I think the bundle approach, which is kind of what Disney does with Hulu and ESPN Plus, uh, makes a lot of sense here. So you can see them, let's say they, they decide to put them together and charge maybe, you know, 15 bucks a month for the whole thing. You know, again, there's that new uh, HBO is talking about their own ad supported streaming services, which are going to cost a little bit less that's coming out in June. You know, that's not official yet, but say 10 bucks a month. So, you know, there's a lot of possibilities that they can go or they can slice and dice and cut off 
different uh, pieces of it. For example, the HBO shows uh, combined with, you know, some of the reality programming that looks a little bit like Netflix, right? Because Netflix has so much reality programming. They also have so many originals. You could really do a lot to kind of create a really competitive service to hit a price point. That's that that's kind of exciting to me to kind of take these properties that are the most successful and try not to force something down, uh, you know, uh, competitors or, or, or customers throats. Yeah, I agree. No, no matter what kind of fashion it takes, whether they do try to put everything together in one gigantic package, or if it's a sort of like pick and choose bundling approach, it's pretty clear from this this deal that people are realizing that you can't be a winner in media right now. And in media right now, it means streaming. You know, that's sort of the future. Everyone agrees that streaming is the future. And now it's seeming that everyone's agreeing like you can't really do it unless you're willing to like shovel just mountains of money into getting your yeah. streaming service off off the ground. Do you talk a little bit about, you know, AT&T thought that their sort of vertical integration idea where they would have the pipes and then they'd also have all the yummy, delicious content that they would shovel through the pipes and it would be like a utopia. I mean, the, this deal is pretty much saying like, oh, well, that didn't isn't right. <laughs> what's your <laughs> what's your take on what this, you know, what does this mean about what it takes to be successful in streaming as an entertainment company in the future? So to me, the first thing this says about success is that you, you got to be bigger. You know, maybe HBO plus, uh, you know, Turner, all the things that Warner Media have isn't quite big enough. You know, they need to add discovery to that to compete against Netflix, to compete against Disney, uh, you know. And, and so I think that the number two I was reading, uh, if, if both these companies combine the number two after Disney and bigger than Netflix and NBC Universal, which brings up your second point of NBC Universal and Comcast, that was another kind of acquisition of let's own the pipes and own the media. And AT&T today is basically saying, nope, We'll just on the pipes. We'll make plenty of money doing that, and and the whole content part uh, isn't really you know uh, integral to our business, which is super interesting. I think from a business perspective, but from a consumer perspective, it does maybe mean that that deals like you know AT and T uh, giving uh, discounts on HBO Max, that kind of thing. Maybe there are going to be more of those. Maybe there's going to be less of those. Um, it's it's. But I think from a, a corporate perspective, yeah, AT and T. I think they're saying they made they made a big mistake here and they're they're pulling out and they're going to let content be content which you know from my perspective is probably a pretty good move. Yeah. Well, one of the other kind of facets that comes up is one of the rationales for a company like AT&T owning these sort of Hollywood assets is they could offer things like uh carrier like discounts where if you're an AT&T mobile subscriber um and you pay for their, you know, mobile service, you could get HBO Max as part of your subscription on the mobile side, that you could have these sort of like synergies and customer and you could attract your existing customer base and kind of get them to flock over to your new service. Um, whether or not that that's clearly that's something that people are doing through partnerships at other places, not necessarily through ownership. But it does, you know, bring into question, do you think that this means that those really great I get my HBO Max free ish deals with AT&T? Do you think that those things are going to be going away? Do you think that there's room for them to change? What do, how do you interpret the tea leaves on that? 
Yeah, I, I don't think they're going away anytime soon, Joan. And I think what you what you just hit on is exactly right. The fact that let's take Verizon, for example, they have a deal with Discovery or with uh, Disney Plus right now. That's kind of their flagship deal. And Verizon doesn't own content, you know, companies. They never took that plunge. I mean, with small exceptions, but they never they never acquired a very large media company, uh, despite you know, endless rumors that they will or would. And so they just did a deal with Disney and said, you know what, let's offer Disney Plus uh, for free with certain wireless plans. They also, by the way, have a, a similar plan with Discovery already, Verizon. So I think that's the way that's the way the future is kind of this independent companies partnering together and kind of, you know, getting customers, again, what they want without having to own all of those assets, because I think it, 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 it in the end, they're different businesses and having that specialization seems like it's going to work, which is why it's really exciting. I think that, you know, again, these two media companies, uh, Warner Media and Discovery are going to be getting together and you kind of wonder, you know, what are they going to be able to do, you know, together um, and to develop stuff? For example, I think live sports was one of the things that was used as a differentiator. You touched on that earlier, Joan. Uh, the sports angle, which, you know, again, is one of these things that Netflix doesn't have that could be a differentiator for a combined company. Sure. And then, you know, what do you think? Do you think that this is the winning combination to take on Disney, to take on Netflix? I the I just feel, at least for the poor Warner Media people who have already been through the disruption of going from kind of like, you know, especially if you worked at HBO, you were at like this crown jewel of television entertainment. And then you got shunted over to this this pipes and <laughs> this pipes and very engineer oriented AT&T and now you're getting thrown back over to discovery you know do you think that that kind of disruption has been a net good for all these um all these media assets or do you think that this kind of disruption is ultimately going to hurt what people believe HBO and these other channels are what their brand means I, I personally, it feels to me and talking to people that subscribe and, and, and everything that, that HBO actually got a, a lot of really good, you know, kind of customer friendly buzz earlier in the year. And you cover this extensively when they decided to offer their, you know, films, um, you know, for free as part of HBO Max. So, you know, you could theatrical releases at the same time for subscribers, you know, so they could watch uh, Godzilla versus Kong and you know all these movies that are coming out. And, and so I think that's a good thing. And the, and the HBO brand is still really strong. They still have some really popular shows. And so to me, it feels like, you know, maybe maybe if I was working at that media company that formerly was owned by AT&T that was kind of casting about and they bought, you know, DirecTV and they did all these crazy moves, you know, to try and get into content and spinning me off might, it feels like it would be a relief, you know, <laughs> you, Joan, but it'd be kind of nice to be like, all right, we're a content company again. Yay. <laughs> so do you think that whatever the name of this company is, which we still don't know. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. What other, whatever the, the face and name and shape of Discover Max HBO Warner is <laughs> do you think it, it it has what it takes to um at least duke it out with netflix and and disney well on paper it does because they have everything right they have uh you know the, obviously the original programming with hbo 
they have the reality programming, which again, with Netflix has been super popular and Discovery Plus by all accounts is is really popular too. I don't know the, the subscriber numbers is something like 15 million already. And again, it's a cheap service. So I think that helps. But, you know, that's a great kind of one-two punch. And then obviously with the, the movie studio, the TV assets, it'll be really interesting to see what they do with CNN, TNT, and Discovery, of course. Uh, we were talking about this before the call, Joan, how their Discovery and Warner Media are really both very much still making money off of their TV channels. I mean, Oprah Winfrey Network is a Discovery Channel, HGTV, Food Network, Animal Planet, all these properties are household names for channels that can be pivoted onto streaming. And uh, yeah, I, I think on paper, they certainly have what it takes. I think they're going to need to be strategically focused. You know, I don't know these things very well, but it feels to me like, you know, uh, they really need to maybe leverage the HBO brand. You know, we'll see what happens. So it's all up to execution. Yeah. All right. Cats, thanks for joining us. You can check out our coverage on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from Roger by heading to cnet.co slash daily charge. And if you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Joni Salzman. Thanks for listening. <laughs>